can't help it if I've got a heavy flow and a wide-set vagina. Like my previous episode on castration, sorry in advance. Actually, double sorry, because today two men are going to mansplain periods of which we clearly know nothing about. But only in the movies, so hopefully it's okay. I was surfing the Crimson Wave. I had to haul ass to the ladies. Anyway, if anyone is still listening, get ready as we discuss some surprising early women's health films, Grease, Blue Lagoon, My Girl, and the mother of all period movies, Carrie. Today's episode is a listener-suggested episode called Period Peace. Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is normally not discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from evil dolls, to murderous twins, to aborted baby toxic waste monsters. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hi, Tom. Hey, Slate. All right. Well, here we are. I've been waiting yeah. and waiting to do this episode, it's, and I'm so glad that you're the one leading this one. I know. Me too. It's funny that we've come this far, though, because this is one of those subjects that when it was recommended by listener Cheyenne, we were like, there is no way we would ever be able to do an episode. Well, season six, we've run through all the things that we initially <laughs> talked about doing, and we're having to, I wouldn't say scrape the bottom of the barrel, but things that didn't seem like they could be episodes now seem like they can be and are. Yes, yes, indeed. For the record, Cheyenne initially said that we should do another bodily fluid one on period blood, and was like, we couldn't really figure out enough of period blood being present in a movie, but there's plenty of subject matter about periods that show up, or at least enough that you can talk about. Right, which is why I took it from a different angle, which was to do almost a two-parter on castration, so blood in the male <laughs> genital area Ugh. and period blood in the female area. Bloody genitals. I didn't call it that because that's <laughs> fucking stupid. That's terrible. Even for us, that's bad. That's so terrible. But I actually really enjoyed researching this episode. I didn't know. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. You ready? Oh, let's. All right. 
So what is a period? What is a period? I didn't really know this because as a gay man, I just don't really have a lot of dealings with periods. I knew that they existed and was kind of like, well, that doesn't really affect me. Okay. But I watched a bunch of medical videos with diagrams. And so I can actually say with some confidence that the menstrual cycle occurs due to the rise and fall of hormones. This cycle results in the thickening of the lining of the uterus, which is made out of blood vessels, and the growth of an egg, which is required for pregnancy. The egg is released from an ovary around day 14 in the cycle. If the egg is fertilized, it sits and grows on the thickened lining of the uterus, which provides nutrients to the embryo. If pregnancy does not occur, the lining is released in what is known as menstruation. I feel like I knew that at some point, but when I learned that, I was like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense now. Slums of film history became sex ed so subtly you didn't even notice. I was thrilled when I learned that. And then it came up in conversation. It didn't come up in conversation. Someone said they were on their period, and I was like, I know what that is. Let me mansplain to you what a period is, young lady. He's not kidding. He probably did do exactly that. We should say, before we move on, that... We understand that we should not be doing this. And we have heard from listeners that there are some subjects that we probably should have brought in someone else to talk about. Rape revenge, I think, is an example. We don't do that. No. We don't do interviews. We don't bring in anyone else. I understand as a man, I'm not allowed to have an opinion over this, and I'm totally fine with it. So my friend bought me a box of tampons, and I'm telling you, I had such a hard time inserting those, Mm. and it would just stick halfway out. It was just like a Roman candle. Mm -hmm. It always seemed like as if I I had a stormtrooper dick. Oh. And that is how I found out that I was born with a shallow vagina. Obviously, menstruation has been around since the beginning of time, so I don't really have a history section here. But there have been some pretty awful treatments of women on their periods in history, so let's hear about that. Oh, good. It wasn't really until the 18th century when doctors really started to understand the menstrual cycle and what its purpose was. A common theory was that it was women's bodies cooling themselves when they get into a hysterical state which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's kind of amazing that humans have even really made it this far. Wow. (laughs) I feel like that was like an excuse, like, oh, well, this woman's hysterical, you know, and they had to find a way to tie that into everything. Like, she's hysterical. We need to drug her. Oh, she's hysterical. She's having a period. That that makes perfect sense. Slap her over and over and say, snap out of it. Make her wear a corset. And then she faints. And then it's because she's hysterical. Exactly. Yep. Also, women in some countries and religions were sent to huts to wait out their periods, and that still exists today in Nepal, despite the practice being banned in 2005. This wasn't in the Middle Ages. This is in 2005. This is part of a Hindu tradition called Chapati, in which menstruating women are isolated because they're considered unclean. Islam prohibits sexual contact with women during menstruation in the second chapter of the Quran. In Judaism, the Torah prohibits sexual intercourse with a menstruating woman. In Hinduism, women on their periods are not allowed to, quote, enter the kitchen and temples, wear flowers, have sex, or touch the other males or females. Of course, there are a bunch of dumb rules in the Bible about women on their periods. One of those is whenever a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremoniously unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. On the eighth day, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present them to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process, the priest will purify her before the Lord for the ceremony. 
ceremonial impurity caused by her bleeding. I'm not making this up. Anyway, so basically, every month a woman has to go and be pronounced clean by a priest, which to me presents a real time crunch, but yeah. Oh my. Anyway, of course, the situation in the current world still isn't great by any stretch of the imagination. There's still numerous countries where women and girls are mistreated because of their periods. They can't get access to proper sanitary products or they pay a premium tax on female products (coughs) America because they're considered luxury items. These are obviously very highbrow topics for this podcast, um, but we'll talk about them a little bit more in the context of the movies later. Gotcha. All right. So let's talk about movies. Oh, good. The first movie I could find that deals with any type of menstrual anything really other than unwanted pregnancies was the exploitation slash educational film Mom and Dad from 1945. I remember this. Yeah. Mom and Dad is probably the most successful exploitation movie of all time, making anywhere from 40 to $100 million, depending on who you ask. Jesus. It was basically a narrative shot to contain the medical footage of a baby being born, which at this point, basically no one besides doctors and nurses had ever really seen. Remember that fathers stayed out of hospital rooms, and babies born to mothers not in a hospital were usually delivered by midwives or family members. Mm -hmm. So the ideas of going to a theater to see a baby coming out of a woman's vagina was very exciting at the time. Probably not sexually exciting, but more of a taboo than anything else. I went and saw this movie and saw a baby being born. Mom and Dad is an odd little movie. It's kind of stitched together Ed Wood style about a woman who's dating a man and has sex with him before marriage. He's a soldier and he dies in the line of duty and she finds out she's pregnant. None of this is ever shown in the movie. They just use terms like, are you in trouble? And the way we understand that she's pregnant is because her clothes no longer fit. It's very Puritan kind of Hayes Code approved footage. You need to use that. Anytime somebody's like pregnant at work, you should be like, are you in are trouble? Are you in trouble? Yeah, that's like, awesome. I'm married <laughs> and I'm clearly about Your to have Your clothes a don't oh, fit are anymore? Are you in trouble? Yeah. Okay. In fact, this movie doesn't technically have any periods or miss periods in it at all because it was obviously so conservatively shot. We mentioned it before, but the Hays Code had loopholes that allowed for educational content. And while it still wouldn't ever have passed certain movies like Mom and Dad, most state censorship laws mirrored parts of the Hays Code. So if you could argue that the footage was educational, it couldn't be banned. So this movie was never intended to pass the Hays Code. It was just meant to not be taken to court, of which it was a million times. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course, all of the plot of Mom and Dad was just an excuse to set up the medical footage of the baby being born. It's nothing remarkable, but a doctor does explain the menstrual cycle. Don't feel badly about it, Joan. But I feel like a leper, unclean and ashamed to associate with my friends. I can't even look my mother and dad in the eye. But darling, that's not the way to feel about it. Oh, quit worrying. No one will ever know about it but you and I. One of the really interesting things about Mom and Dad is how it made so much money. The man behind it, Kroger Babb, had made another film called Dust to Dust, which was a reworking of the movie Child Bride from my episode on Hicksploitation. Oh, yeah. Child Mm -hmm. Bride. Oh, yeah. But with a baby birth at the end. He decided to buy more footage and shoot a plot line and then take the show on the road circus style. He sent direct mail flyers, booked theaters, and allowed males at certain showings and females at separate showings to avoid embarrassment. He had nurses present at the showings, which were basically local women dressed as nurses, and would hire bums to pretend they were street preachers protesting the movie. So he had very William Castle ideas before William 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 Castle. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he would sell merchandise at the theater, which is probably the thing that made the most money. The main thing he sold were two books, one for women and one for men, which was basically a more medical version of Where Do Babies Come From that sold for a whole dollar. And they made a fortune. Wow. Besides exploitation films like Mom and Dad, most of the films about periods from the 30s until the mid-60s were all medical or educational films. But most notably were the hygiene films for girls in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Hygiene films were shown on projectors to girls and boys in public schools and were about manners, puberty, the birds and the bees, and for girls, menstruation. Hmm. The most famous of these was called Molly Grows Up from 1953, (laughs) and luckily it still exists on YouTube. Oh, nice. Molly Grows Up is about a 13-year-old girl that gets her period, and no one judges her or is horrified, but calmly explains everything and then tells her that growing up is exciting. Okay. It also has a series of medical diagrams and a school nurse that professionally explains things and then tells the girls not to bounce around a lot when they are on their periods. Right. Does the priest come and cleanse her? He doesn't. It's a very mature way of handling this. Well done, 1953. I know. You kind of look for reasons to find this funny, and there really aren't any. Good. You're kind of like, this was handled correctly. Very good. Films in the future, uh, not so much. So. Yeah, yeah. True story. Believe it or not, Walt Disney made a menstruation film called The Story of Menstruation <laughs> from 1946. No, it's, it's worth a laugh. <laughs> this sounds odd, but as a concept, it kind of works. You can see it on YouTube. Okay. Instead of the leave it to beaverish kind of stories like in Molly Grows Up, the animated Disney version is a little less awkward since the people aren't real. It's animated and it's, you know, human beings and animals and stuff like that, but it's a little bit more entertaining. Does Minnie Mouse get like cramped? And she doesn't, uh, but that, <laughs> okay. that would be interesting. Yeah. There's also a 1967 film where a girl with Down syndrome learns about her period from her family, and it's the first example of a menstruation film that I could find that actually shows a woman removing a pad and showing someone else the blood in it. So her sister, older sister, takes her upstairs and then sits on the toilet and removes her pad and shows it, and the camera sees it as well. That's the first time in any of the early hygiene films, of which I watched a lot, that you actually see it, as opposed to a medical diagram. Okay. You mean the blood's coming from inside your body now? Yes, from the opening between my legs. This is a used sanitary pad. Look, there's blood on it. See? That's right. Blood coming from inside my body through an opening between my legs. There's a menstruation film from 1974, which has Mike from Breaking Bad. That actor's name is Jonathan Banks. Yeah. He plays the boyfriend of a girl who just got her period. It's kind of funny. That is, is that on YouTube or yeah, something? Yeah, it is. Oh, we have to look at it. Put it on the site. All right, enough of this tiny bullshit. The reason this episode even exists is because of the movie Carrie from 1976. Yes. Obviously, this movie is a classic, and everyone in the world has seen it a thousand times. But since everyone always talks about the pig blood prom scene, let's talk about the actual period scene from the opening parts of the movie. Yeah. So this was a Stephen King book, and it was actually the first one he ever published at 26. So he wasn't really that far out of high school when he wrote it. Mm -mm. On writing the story, he said, some woman said, quote, you write all these macho things, but you can't write about women. I said, I'm not scared of women. I could write about them if I wanted to. So I got an idea for a story about this incident in a girl's shower room, and the girl would be telekinetic. The other girls would pelt her with sanitary napkins when she got her period. The period would release the right hormones, and she would rain down destruction on them, end quote. Right. 
in the book and the movie, a teenager named Carrie White, played by Sissy Spacek, is showering in the locker room at school and gets her period unexpectedly. She doesn't understand what's happening to her. Later, she tells her mom that she thought she was bleeding to death. The opening credits have already established that the other girls don't really like Carrie. They treat her as an outcast. And when they see her freaking out about her period, they use it as a further excuse to make fun of her and throw pads at her and chant, plug it up, plug it up. one of the hardest to watch scenes of bullying and you know probably ever right once the pe teacher finds out she goes and gets carrie gets the other girls to go away and realizes that carrie doesn't know what a period is due to her religious upbringing by insane mother played by piper laurie yeah she's sent home and the teen girls are punished and instead of feeling bad a few of them decide it's carrie's fault and decide to get revenge on her they concoct a plot to get her to win prom queen and then dump a bucket of pig's blood on her when she wins. She then uses her telekinetic powers to kill them and burn down the school. Yep. So this whole movie is based around blood, specifically period blood. Mm -hmm. As we learned in the beginning of this episode, periods are all about the rise and fall of hormones. And this is the first example of a book movie that explores the idea of womanly powers coming alive once those hormones are at their peak. Yeah. According to the book, the powers are genetically transmitted but only manifest in females, and both her parents were carriers. Since hmm. Carrie's mother claims that she slept with the devil, we know that she obviously had a one-night stand. It's entirely possible that the person she slept with is a dimensional wanderer, a la Randall Flagg from The Stand or the Dark Tower series, other Stephen King books. Right, I didn't know they tied it in that way. Yep. Huh. It's a theory, but I thought it was an interesting one. Yeah, it's not bad. Carrie has had a series of remakes starting with The Rage Carrie 2 from 1999. <laughs> I remember that. Which, while bad, is probably the best of the lot. Yeah. It's a little more focused around the character of Sue Snell, the girl that tries to help Carrie out by getting her boyfriend to ask her to the prom. She's now grown up, played by the same actress from the one in the 70s. Yeah. She's the guidance counselor of the school where a new girl starts showing the same powers as the original Carrie. It was a total bomb. A TV remake in 2002 was supposedly an attempt at almost a pilot movie for a series where Mrs. Collins and Carrie go on the run in a weird road trip series. It was supposed to be for TV. Huh. It's a total bomb. Sounds weird. Then the director of Boys Don't Cry remade it again with Chloe Grace Moretz as Carrie and Julianne Moore as Ms. White. Remember mm. this one? Right. This time the period scene is caught on video and displayed on big screens at the prom after the blood is dropped on Carrie. Otherwise, it's basically the same movie as the original. And while it made decent money at the box office, it's considered to be kind of an unnecessary remake. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about Carrie? So here's the thing. I'm not a woman, so I don't want to speak for women, but I feel like women wouldn't do that. Like, I feel like they would be like sympathetic. Like all women hate their fucking periods. They're not happy with it. I don't think anyone would period bully. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish we'd have talked to a woman and showed them this no, scene. No, don't talk to don't women. Don't talk to women Just about periods. Mansplain. Mansplain it, yes. Over a podcast. We don't need women to talk about to this thing. But because I feel like reality, what would have happened was she had a period. Somebody would have been like, here, look, here's a tampon. Here's how you use it. And then they'd go off and bully her about normal shit. But I feel like that would not be something someone would get bullied about no, because everyone no. shares that. Now, I could be wrong. Ladies out girls? there, ladies, feel free to write us. And tell us, us about now if you thought that that was reasonable. Yeah. If, if you would have pelted a tampon at Carrie, or would you have helped her? Would you have helped her and then maybe just bullied her on something else? Kids are mean. 
No, kids, kids are, are terrible. Mean. I agree with that. I, I've blocked most of high school out, but kids are mean. I know. I hate when I was walking down the hall and I kept getting hit in the head with a fucking tampon. I what know. The fuck People is pelted this? Tom. Ooh, pelted Man, him. All the time. I was getting tampons thrown at me left and right. Similar to the surprise of Carrie about her period was the movie Blue Lagoon from 1980. We talked about Blue Lagoon in my surprisingly popular incest episode, but we didn't really talk about the period scene, which, like most of the movie, is extremely awkward and uncomfortable. Wait, there's a period scene in that movie? Yeah, in this scene, Brooke Shields and Christopher Atkins, they've, you know, obviously been shipwrecked mm-hmm. on an island since when they were kids. Now they're growing up, they have no one to explain puberty, period, sex, and babies, so they have to find out on their own. You know, the whole thing about Blue Lagoon is that that movie should have been hot. It's so weird it is and weird. uncomfortable. They're bad actors. I mean, They're I don't know good. if you should expect them to be good actors. The kids are weird. Brooke Shields is weird. Christopher Atkins is weird. It's a weird movie. Thematically, it's, it's strange, too. Yeah, it's all over the place. I remember watching that when I was like, you know, eight. I've seen all these movies, like, when they came out around that time frame, way too young. And so I saw Blue Lagoon, and I'm yeah. like, just like, what the fuck is it this? It should just be super fucking hot, and it's just not. <laughs> it makes you feel dirty. Right. So Brooke Shields is bathing in a waterfall, and she starts her period. She calls for Christopher Atkins, and he comes running, but she immediately realizes where it's coming from, and then she tells him to go away, covering herself in shame. Obviously, this shame is a key component of Carrie and Blue Lagoon, which is completely counterintuitive to the health movies of the 50s, where, if nothing else, repeated how normal all of this was over and over and over again. There's nothing, you know, wrong or abnormal about it. Right. And shame and embarrassment are the main components of a lot of period mentions in the rest of the 70s and 80s. Yeah. The first is Greece from 1978, where Rizzo misses her period and thinks she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Stockard Channing was actually 33 when she played high schooler Rizzo, which is kind of funny because that's kind of the normal age now to have a baby, ironically. Right. You know? Yeah, that's funny. Since Rizzo was a little trashier than the good girls in Greece, the conversation that would normally take place in the late 50s, you know, when Greece was supposed to have taken place, so a girl is in trouble instead of knocked up, mm-hmm. and instead of trying to get married, tells Kanicki it's some guy who she met at the gas station who, quote, used a thing, but it broke. It's mm. <laughs> funny. This obviously never would have flown with the Hays Code in the actual 50s, but makes sense for a movie about trashy people of the 50s. Yeah, sure. We never actually find out what happens to make Rizzo not pregnant, whether she gets an abortion, has a miscarriage, or simply just gets her period. But either way, she didn't have a baby at the end of Greece. Right. Two classic movies from the 80s have period mentions or plot points, starting with Terms of Endearment from 1983. I don't remember that movie at all. Oh, you don't? No. It's pretty good. Towards the beginning of the movie, Deborah Winger's character says to her mother, played by Shirley MacLaine, about the possibility of being pregnant, quote, we haven't got the tests back, but you know me, I'm never Never late. This is just one of the many indications of how close Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine are, even though it's a frustrating relationship film for them both, you know. Right. Later in the now classic scene in the grocery store where Deborah Winger doesn't have enough money and has to put things back, she and the checkout girl have a similarly complicated relationship. The checkout lady is being kind of rude, and it's a pretty tense scene. You know, it's the scene of where she tells you how much money the groceries cost, and then you realize you don't have the money, and you have to give it back. It's kind of a trope now, you know, in in films. Deborah Winger is removing items, trying to get the total down, and one of the kids holds up a package of Midol, and she puts it back down and says, no way. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bit of comedic relief, but the checkout lady continues to be rude instead of being like, amen, sister. Right. But since this movie doesn't get any happier, it seems like a way of talking about women's complicated relationships with each other. That is what the movie is about. Right. Huh. 
And speaking of comedic relief due to cramp medication, 16 Candles from 1984 has a whole wedding based around a cramps joke, where Molly Ringwald's sister has such bad period cramps that she takes a million muscle relaxers and can barely walk down the aisle. You I remember forgot this? all about yeah. that plot point. Obviously, a lot of things we've spoken about in the movies were period cliches up to this point. Periods as either jokes about cramps, muscle relaxers, or bad moods, etc. Yeah. But this started to take a little bit of a turn as we get to the 90s, where more mature menstruation conversations were beginning to happen. But it didn't start with movies. It actually first started on TV. Oh, good to know. So oddly enough, Courtney Cox became the first person to say period on American television in a 1985 Tampax ad. It was before she was famous, and she talked to the camera wearing spandex and talking about the benefits of tampons over pad without embarrassment. Do you change your life for one week because of that time of the month? Still using pads? Then let me tell it to you straight. Tampax can change the way you feel about that time. Tampax tampons protect differently than a pad, so you feel cleaner. And feeling cleaner is more comfortable. Plus, more women use Tampax than any other tampon or pad. Now that's something. Remember, there's a feeling with Tampax. It can actually change the way you feel about your period. At the time, it caused outrage, but it also laid groundwork for all future tampon ads. And while I don't want to talk about Bill Cosby, there was a classic episode of The Cosby Show where Rudy gets her period, and Claire wants to have Women's Day with her, as she's done with the other girls. This all gives everyone a lot to talk about in terms of old wives' tales about periods and gives the show some good laughs, but also gives it an opportunity to have a mature conversation about it. Yeah. That episode was so popular and well-loved that when Blossom got her period on the second episode of Blossom, Claire Huxtable appeared in a dream sequence to help out the now motherless Blossom. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that. Yeah, it was a moment in early 90s TV that struck a chord with a lot of girls and mothers out there. Yeah. And then one of the quintessential period scenes happened right after that in another Girl Without a Mother movie, and that movie was My Girl from 1991. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the scene, Anna Klumsky comes out of the bathroom screaming for her father that she's hemorrhaging. Jamie Lee Curtis, her dad's girlfriend, runs to her and takes her upstairs to have a talk. We don't hear that whole conversation, but we gather that she's just told her not about the menstrual cycle, but the birds and the bees as well. She says to Jamie Lee, it's not fair. Nothing happens to boys. Soon after, Macaulay Culkin shows up and asks her to go swimming, but she pushes him down on the ground and yells, don't come back for five to seven days, which is kind of (laughs) funny. That's kind of funny. Did uh, Jamie Lee Curtis tell her that it was her period that killed Macaulay Culkin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I know it was supposed to supposedly a B, but it was actually your period. Your period killed him. My Girl was obviously a much more mature way to handle a young girl getting her period than some of the earlier films we spoke about, but it still reflected a very conservative approach, as the way we explain the birds and bees to kids is not always a widely agreed upon thing, public schools. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There were huge debates as to sex education in schools. There still are. So Mm -hmm. whether Jamie Lee ever had a script to explain it and the scene got cut or whether the studio just wanted to stay out of it, considering it's a kid's movie, we'll probably never know. But another surprising movie in 1991 also dealt with young girls in their periods, and it never ended up getting released. This movie that constantly came up in my research was the Japanese animated film Only Yesterday from 1991. Never heard of it. 
This movie was absolutely huge in Japan at the time, where it was the number one movie of the year at the Japanese box office and grossed over 3 billion in Japanese yen at the time, which is about equivalent to $300 million in the US. Damn. Disney owned the distribution rights, and you'd think with such a huge hit on their hands, it would have at least played a few theaters in the US. Nope. Huh. Disney apparently had no idea what to do with it since it was animated, meaning in America that it was for kids. Right. But it was a coming of age story about a girl growing up and wasn't really the type of movie that American kids would really understand. And American adults wouldn't watch an animated movie on their own without kids. Hmm. But many say it was the extended scenes of young girls talking about getting their periods, which turned Disney off. And the movie didn't get a release in America until 2016. Jesus. So even though Disney made a menstruation film in 1946, it wouldn't show a movie where girls talked about menstruation in 1991. That's crazy. Yeah. And then there was the scene in Showgirls where Nomi is giving James a lap dance and he tries to have sex with her and she tells him she's on her period. He doesn't believe her, so she tells him to check, which he does by putting his hand down her pants. Obviously, the way that everyone treats each other in Showgirls is horrible, so I'm going to use this as a jumping off point. Oh, good, good. So we're coming into the 2000s, and there's a few more important movies to talk about, but I want to fuck with the format a little bit and talk about good period portrayals versus bad period portrayals. Okay, good. We're obviously two men talking about this subject, so I want to tell you what the female internet consensus is about how periods are dealt with in six movies, three good and three bad. So let's start with the good. Okay. This film is a Canadian film called Ginger Snaps from 2000. Oh, yeah. You know this one? Yeah, yeah. I'd never even heard of it. Werewolf movie. Yeah. Ginger Snaps has a similar premise to Carrie. A young girl begins her period and attracts a werewolf who bites her. And that combined with her new hormones set the film in motion. It was a Canadian horror film that basically made no money, but the internet loves it. And apparently so did critics. It has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I saw you it saw a it? long yeah. time ago. But yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Especially for Canadian. <laughs> like, especially for Canadian films, which suck. It's yeah. not true. No, it's actually a really good movie. Yeah. It's pretty good, yeah. In The Runaways from 2010, you remember this one? Mm-hmm. About Joan Jett, yeah. Yeah. The opening scene of the movie is a drop of blood hitting the pavement. We then see Elle Fanning wiping blood from her thigh, and her sister Sherry packs her undies with paper towels, ties a sweatshirt around the stain, and tags behind her sister and her sister's date. He says to her creepily, you're a woman now. Later that evening, Sherry crops her hair, paints a David Bowie red streak across her face and begins to come into herself. This really sets up that the rest of the movie that, you know, being a woman in this film does not include being soft and desirable to men. This period kind of sets off, you know, this idea of what it is to be feminine in this movie in the runaway. So, One of the surprising films to deal with periods in an adult, non-toxic way was the comedy No Strings Attached. Please note the layer of possible tampon puns here. (laughs) In the movie, Natalie Portman gets her period and Ashton Kutcher makes her a period mix CD with songs like Even Flow by Pearl Jam, Red Red Wine by UB40, Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2, I've Got the World on a String, and Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. (laughs) Nice. You cut me open and I keep bleeding, keep, keep bleeding love. I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. Keep bleeding, keep, keep bleeding love. All right. 
and now the bad, period, movies. This is not considered a very PC quote anymore, but it certainly had a lot of people repeating it, and that was from the movie Superbad. Okay. So the scene is where a girl is grinding on Jonah Hill at a party, and when he returns to talk to his friends, he has a blood stain on his pants, kind of mid-between knee and thigh. What's that area? The that part of his the leg. The knee thigh area. The knee thigh. It's a technical term. At first, no one can figure out where the blood came from, but once they realize it was the girl that left it there, Jonah Hill starts gagging and being like, oh, I'm going to be sick. And then he says, which is the quote, she perioded on my leg. This scene was based on a true story that actually happened to a friend of Seth Rogen's when he was in high school. The girl's boyfriend sees it and gets all pissed off. He has a stain on his pants as well. And Jonah Hill tries to diffuse the situation by calling them blood brothers, which is, you know, kind of funny. Actually, the scene is kind of funny because it's not something you often see. And, you know, bodily fluids are funny. I mean, yeah. um, But Jonah Hill's reaction is what everyone considered to be very juvenile and period shaming. Yeah. Like, grow up. You know? right. No, exactly. Yep. Movie 43 is considered to be one of the worst movies ever made. Do you remember this one? I never watched it. I didn't either. It's yeah. fucking dreadful, yeah. It contains a fake commercial for Tampax tampons in the middle. I never saw it, but it's 16 different unrelated comedic sketches with different directors conceived by Peter Farrelly of Shallow Hal and Dumb and Dumber, who now has an Oscar. Oh, he does, doesn't and he? Has two, yeah. Jesus Christ. Didn't he win Best Picture and Best Screenplay? Oh, my God. This was a shit year. Yeah. Anyway, there's fake commercials in one of them. And in this one, two women in bikinis go into the oceans on surfboards. Suddenly, a shark jumps out of the water and tears one of the women to shreds while leaving the other alone. A super appears that says, Tampax, now leak proof. I remember seeing the commercial out of context yeah. as a, something on the internet. It so. looks like a fake commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the old, don't swim while you're on your period because a shark will bite you, old wives' tale. Right. It's terrible. Fear not, though, this movie won worst picture at the Razzies, so. As it deserves to, from what I've heard. And the book Fifty Shades of Grey from 2015 had a period scene that didn't make it into the movie, and some people were kind of pissed. In the scene, Christian turns Anastasia around in the bathroom, and before he sticks it in, he reaches down and pulls out her tampon and tosses it into the toilet. Apparently, the producers, quote, never even considered filming the scene. But some people thought it was kind of a forward and realistic way for him to act. Considering that this is a movie about a man practicing light BDSM on an inexperienced girl, his yeah. understanding of the female body and willingness to have period sex is the way that a man should be. And some women said that the scene should have been left in the movie. I actually agree. I do too. As a straight man, this happens. Yeah. It fucking happens. And you, if you want to be for real, right. if you want to be authentic. And it's supposed to be, you know, I mean, the, the it's really not a big fucking of the movie deal is anyway. kind of cringy anyway. I think a yeah. lot of women feel kind of bad that they like it. And that's okay. It's okay to feel weird about sex. The he truth pulls is, tampon like, out. So what? The tampon thing would probably be the least weird thing exactly. of your average viewer watching this movie because right. that's. I mean, the bondage stuff, a lot of people don't do. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but everyone's dealt with bloody sex. Yeah. Everyone's dealt with that. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. So moving on, those are the goods and the bads, but I want to wrap up with three very different films. The first is a German coming-of-age movie called Wetlands from 2014. You ever heard of this one? No, sir. I'd always been a little scared of this movie because there's a lot of gross-out female body stuff like hemorrhoids rubbing vagina lips on a dirty toilet seat, not bathing, and cottage cheese vagina stuff. But I watched it for the episode, and I really kind of liked it. 
The period scene is kind of two scenes. The first where the lead character and her best friend swap used tampons and put them in in different toilet stalls. And then secondly, they also smear each other's blood on each other's faces. It's kind of like the old Blood Brothers thing where you cut your fingers and rub your fingers together to prove that you're best friends, but with period blood instead. As for the rest of the film's body grossness, you know, I thought about this for a long time. Bodies are just gross sometimes. Sometimes. Men's bodies are gross. Women's bodies are gross. It's fine. We're all gross. Again, I'm coming from the position of a man, but I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners out there, but that Blood Brothers or Blood Sisters ritual... Mm -hmm is not a thing. I'm just going to make that statement. I don't think it's a thing. So either. somebody tell me if that's a thing, if that's how you bond by rubbing tampon blood on each other's it, face. If anyone's ever done blood brothers, rub their fingers together or rub tampon blood on each other's faces, please let us know. Please email us. I'd I like agree to know that if that's it's a not thing. a thing. Seeing it in a movie, I was like, all right, I'm okay with this. See, who wrote that? It was probably a dude. A dude wrote that shit. A man wrote it and directed that fucking movie. I bet it wasn't. But I'm not going to look it up. Okay, fair enough. We actually saw the world premiere of this next movie together, and that movie was 20th Century Women from 2017. Yeah. There's only one quick scene in it about periods where, in a boarding house of sorts, Annette Benning. Her son and many other men and women are at the dining table when Greta Gerwig tells everyone that she's menstruating. Annette Benning, who is considerably older than everyone else at the table, I'm not age-shaming her, this is kind of the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Would like for her not to talk about it at the table, and then this happens. Yeah, Abby? No, stop it. I'm menstruating. Abby, you know what? You're menstruating. Okay, but do you have to say it? Okay, and do we really need to know everything that's going on with you? What? I'm menstruating. Why is that a big deal? We don't need to hear about that. Thank you. If you ever want to have an adult relationship with a woman, like if you want to have sex with a woman's vagina, you need to be comfortable with the fact that the vagina menstruates. And just say menstruation. It's not a big deal. So start saying it now. Menstruation. No. Yes. Menstruation. Menstruation. Jamie. No. You don't have to. You're saying it like you're scared. Don't say it like you're scared. Abby. Say it like it's normal. Menstruation. 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 Not bad. Julian, menstruation. You can say it right now. I'm sorry. Oh, menstruation. Just keep eye contact with me. Who are you looking at? Menstruation. Menstruation. Yeah, that's right. Menstruation. Charlie, you're quiet. Menstruation. Menstruation? No, not like a question. Menstruation. Menstruation. Now everybody say it together. Menstruation. Like gentle, happy, but casual. And... Menstruation. It's gross, Abby. No, it's not. It's not gross. It's a very deep time creatively, and it's emotionally transformative. And sex during menstruation can be very pleasurable for a woman that can even like relieve some of the cramps. Jamie, I also want to say never have sex with just the vagina. You have to have sex with the whole woman. And then that betting is just like, oh my God, kill me. And now she's great. So the last movie I want to talk about is the Oscar-winning documentary short period, End of Sentence, from 2018. This okay. movie, remember this, won an Oscar, yeah? Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't see it. 
The documentary short follows a group of women in India as they learn how to operate a machine that makes low-cost biodegradable sanitary pads, which they sell to other women at affordable prices. It improves feminine hygiene by providing access to basic products, but also helps shed the taboos in India surrounding menstruation, all while contributing to the economic future of the community. And it is streaming on Netflix for free. So did you, watch you it? can watch it. I did. It's very interesting. Okay. Very good. That is the last film. I did end it on a little bit of a positive note on an Oscar winning movie about periods, which was kind of a big deal. You know, yeah. I mean, it was it is a taboo subject. And for the mostly male white Oscar <clears throat> members to vote for that, I think was, I mean, I would say it is signs of progress, but also it's just a period, guys. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> So one of the interesting things about this topic is, is that it kind of comes full circle. So we talk originally about the hygiene films, and those are really easy to make fun of because they make funny sound clips and they're very leave it to beaverish. But Mm -hmm. most of the ones that I watched were very direct and very, this is normal. This happens to every single woman. There is nothing to be excited over. This is completely fine. Then you kind of go through history. You get a little, you know, get horror movies like Carrie, you get movies, even like Ginger Snaps, which obviously was considered to be a kind of explanation of periods. But then you also have Superbad, where men, middle-aged men write things and get teenagers to act them out that makes it seem gross and kind of weird and, right. and, and disgusting. And then, you know, by the time you get to 20th century women back around to present day, people start to talk about it normally again. Right. So Greta Gerwig's, you know, kind of outburst at the table is, is basically bringing this whole topic back to where it started in the 50s with the hygiene films so i just found that kind of interesting you know that it's kind of like even though walt disney wouldn't put out the japanese period film (laughs) they actually did make a pretty legit hygiene piece we're kind of back around to that now where it's like we we went down this whole path of periods being weird exploitation a little bit when you talk about movies like carrie and then back so yeah well i also think using that that period period uh works in horror movies like ginger snaps because it's definitely a transition so you could say okay number one you're kind of vulnerable because having a period it can be embarrassing and culturally and everything but also too it's like it's a noticeable shift from childhood to what's considered adulthood so always say this is the day that you became a woman right so using that to show other types of changes be it a werewolf be it psychically carry you Mm -hmm. know it's a nice and relatable transition to that from one state of being to another so as you can see why it's used in horror movies i think sort of got us down a a bad slope at the time or a bad trend where people were being embarrassed by it or using it to make you know oh shit you know super bad and you're right now we're coming back around where they're just being matter of fact about it to the point where maybe it's even becoming a trope as a indie movie. This is a girl going through a change in her life trope. It is funny, though, because there are obviously a lot of, you know, scenes in TV and movies where girls talk to their mothers about period and, you know, you're a woman now and everything like that. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a movie where a father and a son have a conversation about like, your first boner or like, <laughs> you just ejaculated and you're a man now. <laughs> like, well... Uh, happiness. happiness. I knew you were going to say that. And also, the F- Florida Project had the one trashy mom take her pad off and stick it to the window when Willem Dafoe was oh, in there. Oh, I forgot about that. I totally forgot. Yeah. I just remember that just now. So she was like, fuck you and take this and just like slammed her pad on the... And it stuck to the window. <laughs> I kept <laughs> trying to remember if there was a movie of where a woman pulled her tampon out in a car and chucked it out the window. 
but I'm pretty sure one of my friends did that in high school. So I can't, <laughs> and I kept searching for it because I was like, I have to talk about this. And then I was like, no, I remember my friend doing that in high school. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. There's something I've never seen before. I also feel like it's one of two friends. And you I'm, know who it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, well, got to pull it out. Got to pull it out, well, I guess. Then, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. who cares? It was 16. Yeah. No, it's fine. Never seen it before. I thought it was funny. <laughs> if I make a coming of age movie, it will have that scene. It will have it in there. Yes. All right, good. Most of the movies that I found in my research were language, were people talking about this. And I included a couple of them and left a lot of them out, too. I obviously didn't want to just be like, here's a movie that did a period or whatever. I tried to kind of hit the highs and lows. I also didn't go for a lot of the movies of where a man made a joke about a woman being in a bad mood because she was on her period. Because frankly... You talk about one of those and you're done. It's kind of fine. You know? Right. And that's the kind of tropes that actually bother me the most. And I was in some discussion about it. It was at one of these comic cons, but they're actually doing like women in movies or representation or something. And they were talking about dealing with things like menstruation and like sci-fi films, which never ever deal with that mm-hmm. topic. And for some reason, and one of the topics I brought up was I hate the tropes like that, where men talk about, Oh, well, are you on your rag on the rag or whatever. Right, right. But also the, even the one from super bad where guys are so freaked out by it. And then there's that trope. And you know, you see in where the guy's secretly trying to buy tampons at the supermarket. And then the one they went and know he's buying them. And right. they're like, Price check on, you know, tampons, and they're all embarrassed. But it's like, what the fuck, man? So stupid. You know it's not for you. Who gives a shit that you're buying tampons for somebody? But I think that trope bothers me because it reinforces men being embarrassed or troubled by menstruation. And that's well, annoying. It's like, it's like they're required to think it's gross. I mean, the one thing about something like Superbad is, is that you can look at it from not giving this any credit whatsoever, but you could look at it from the perspective of that because Jonah Hill's a high school student in this. He's fucking stupid. He's right. clearly a virgin because he's Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. And then you also look at someone who is much older and experienced, like in 50 Shades of Grey, how he handles this situation completely normally, which is right. he reaches in, pulls the tampon out, chucks it in the toilet, and then fucks her. So, <laughs> right. you know, like it, adults. it is one Mature of those things of where Superbad is obviously intended to be a comedy for high school boys sure. that they can all laugh at. And that scene is funny. I mean, I laughed at that scene when it came out. It's a little right. horrifying now. We've learned some things in the past 10 years. But the thing about the Fifty Shades of Grey thing is they didn't put the scene in the movie because right. they were like, well, tampon, can't have this in a movie. Yeah, Even though crazy. the movie is Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. That should have been an NC-17 movie. Sure. But obviously when Hollywood you know, takes something like that, they've got to disney it as much as possible. And that also removes things that actually could have contributed to the movie maybe not being terrible. Right. But they didn't do that. Well, yeah. The thing is, though, with the Jonah Hill scene is, okay, yeah, you're right. High school kid, obviously a virgin, but there was no counterpoint to that. Right. You know, there was no answer to that where somebody could be like, you know, there was no Greta Gerwig that like showed up and was like, if you ever expect to have sex with a human vagina, (laughs) a woman's vagina, you're going to have to deal with that shit. Stop gagging. Right. You're being stupid. yeah, Yeah, exactly. 
Also, you're Jonah Hill. You don't have a lot of room here yeah, to just be... be happy that that's as close as a vagina's gotten yeah, to you, because that's pretty much as close as one on your be. leg is the closest you're going to be for a while, <laughs> for a very long yeah. while. So that's yeah, that's a good point. Interesting episode, not as controversial as I thought we were going to be. But I don't know how I thought we were going to be. I just was thinking. I mean, you know, this one was one of those things of where I I had to lean a little bit on the safe side, so I kind of went all out on castration, being like, "Dick's chopped off." Off, you know, or whatever, because I can talk about dicks being chalked off because A, that's funny. Yes. And B, also, yes, I have a dick, so I can talk about it being chopped, chopped off. off yeah. This one was a little bit more like, here's what I've learned about things from a little bit more of a woman's perspective. And I'm really glad I did the episode, but I will admit I did lean towards the safer side of this one. Yeah, you know, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be like incest or it's going to be like kid killing. We're going to get all these people writing in furiously going, well, you forgot this bloody pussy movie. And we're going <laughs> no, to be like, true. we're sorry, ma'am. You know, yeah. but yeah, it's exactly what's going to happen with this. Episode. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry I didn't offend you enough on this. <laughs> yeah, one. we'll try harder next time. I do hope that that happens. I do, too. It will. It happens all the time. So yeah. send in those letters, ladies. Let us know how Slate <laughs> fucked up. And, and gentlemen. And gentlemen. And let us know how Slate didn't add enough uh, bloody vaginas for you to be happy with this episode yeah so on that note i feel like i've learned a lot and so as two men who talk about lady issues i feel like we can probably write up some abortion legislation right about now i mean that's (laughs) the way we're headed (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh i got nothing yeah okay well i hope you enjoyed it thank you cheyenne for this suggestion yeah all right well thanks for listening thanks everyone periods yep period (laughs) just put a period at the end of that sentence there sleep there you go oh god help us thanks for listening to slums of film history you can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find the links to some of the movies we talked about today and also be sure to check us out on facebook and twitter where we share a lot of additional content and if you like the show or have any comments or suggestions please drop us an email at slumsoffilmhistory at gmail.com or write us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. which is kind of cool. He plays the boyfriend of a girl who just got his period. Nope. Just got his period. Nope. Try again. (laughs)